0: Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
1: Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Danny Cannell, Chip Patterson, Barton Simmons, and Tom Fernelli. It's your call for the best college football coverage, from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast.
0: And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Danny Cannell, that's Tom Frenelli, that's Barton Simmons back here on a Thursday because we've got our largest our beefiest set of locks to unfurl for you here on this Thursday week four. Yes, Tom, it is week four. Week
1: four. According to the doc
0: week four (laughs) (laughs) week four, according to the CBS sports uh, app, as we go through the scoreboard and, uh, and listen, we got the SEC going. Uh, the SEC on CBS Game of the Week, LSU, Mississippi State, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can stream it on CBS Sports All Access. You can watch it uh, for the pregame, halftime, and postgame show on CBS Sports HQ. Again, CBS All Access, your best way to stream that. Full SEC slate, lots to, to get into there. We begin uh, with a, a quick look back at the week. Uh, so, Tom, 4-2 week. Uh, well, first of all, uh, a celebration as...
1: To infinity and beyond! Yeah!
0: Lock infinity, cashes, uh, Oklahoma State, Tulsa under 66 and a half, never a doubt. Tom, you had a 4-2 and two week. What were your notes from a successful week getting you back to 7-7 seven and seven on the season?
1: Uh, I mean, nothing really stood out. I mean, the USF plus 26 was just... That was a bomb, and that was out quickly. That was second quarter before I was like, all right, I'm losing this lock fight. But other than that, I mean, I was surprised, by the way, that Wake and NC State took off offensively to kill that under. But I think that was just more of a like, oh, hey, look, NC State might have an offense this year. So based on what I knew, I had no problem with the pick. It's just might be new information we need to consider going forward
0: barton two and four on the week six and nine on the season what was the mood (laughs) what was was the mood in the locker room uh at barton a&m this week
2: get your shots in while you can uh i'm i i still feel okay this is this was not like the first couple weeks of the season are not really my wheelhouse um i think now that we're getting a little bit so the, the mainstream games are starting to pop up, SEC starting to jump in there. I feel better. I feel better about things moving forward. I, I think I'll be able to make up ground quick. But no, it was it was a it wasn't it wasn't a great week. Kind of kind of surprised Pitt didn't take care of Syracuse. Um you know, I, sloppy I, I, game.
0: Was, sloppy sloppy yeah. game. Penalties, missed field goals, Panthers. Should have been 42 to nothing. That's what I saw there.
2: It was a lot of trying to trust the uh, trust the COVID principles, and the COVID principles let me down.
0: Danny, four and one, victorious week, up to nine and six, second place uh, on the leaderboard for the season. Uh, what'd you What'd you take away from
3: the week? I was pissed I wasn't five and zero oh because I had <laughs> Notre Dame USF under and it was at forty nine and it was fifty two to nothing. I'm like Nick Saban when he chews out either Lane Kiffin or his starting quarterback and they're up forty two to nothing and he's still looking for more. That was me during that game. I was still hot. I wanted a perfect slate.
0: The uh, I, and we had we weren't able to settle our lock fight, uh, Danny, because I guess uh, if it was Houston's. Covid pro- no, it was Baylor's COVID problems. Do I get half a yeah. lock win for that? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no. But by the way, we should never ever take Houston on any bet again. Is they're zero for four on the season for attempting games. <laughs> Sheesh. So or undefeated. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 4-0. No, no losses. Also no wins. And then uh, I was five and two on the week that pushes my season lead out to eleven and
1: six. I. Through a lot just of slyly sliding, that that pushes my season lead into. <laughs> well,
0: hey, listen, man, I I am gonna have the honors on the tee box. I'm trying to look at my card and trying to figure out, you know, what's gonna go first. And you know, it's just it's easy to overlook uh, some of the losses. So we're trying to take lessons away from Duke at Boston College, which well, we we have big notes on the Blue Devils. They are a stay away team, uh, at least over here at CPU for a little bit. That Navy Tulane under too excited about the, the Navy comeback to really sweat that too much. So all in all, I feel like we're seeing the board. I feel like, uh, everything's in rhythm and in motion. So, uh, we're, we're excited to take this into week four of the, uh, we got a
2: collective, uh, the, the syndicates collectively is, is in the black. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's, let's keep it that way. I'll see if I can catch up with you guys.
0: 15 and nine on the week, collectively 33 and 28 on the season. All right. You guys ready to lock it up?
1: Let's do it.
2: We're picking locks. My blue plate special five-star locks are coming.
1: Since 2005, when Service Academy's get
0: these locks. Five-star master lock. Lock it
2: up. The under
1: is one. We've got over a times. You want like
2: these locks. I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover. All
0: right. Uh, I am going to start us out on Friday night. We're on the mothership, CBS Sports Network. We've got UTSA, University of Texas, San Antonio, Roadrunners at home against Middle Tennessee State. And I know that we have only had 76 FBS teams playing so far, and I know we're probably not going to reach 130, but in my power ratings, the Blue Raiders are 130. Like they are, (laughs) without a doubt, the worst team that I have seen play football so far this year. And we know, hey, Barton, we know about Jeff Trailer, don't we know? Hey, see my wife right there? Hot as fish <laughs> grease. You know, I mean, he, that guy brings so much sauce uh, to that job. He brings so much sauce to this opportunity taken over as the, I mean, just Texas through and through uh, taking over this program, his first time ever as a head coach. Who do we have on the other sideline? Oh, good old Rick Stockstill. I mean, in terms of the enthusiasm for this game, just looking at the coaching matchup, again, just not X's and O's, but just enthusiasm, automatic UTSA advantage. So if there's any opportunity before we lose control of uh, the Vegas ratings on this, I think we just got to keep fading uh, Middle Tennessee. So my very first lock... Uh, to get things going here for the week is I'm going to be taking on Friday night on the mothership UTSA minus six and a half.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know how you can trust MTSU at this point, uh, but but at the same time, I'm sort of like, like they can't possibly be this bad. Like oh, Surely this starts <laughs> to turn at some point, but they've given us no indication to think otherwise. So, yeah, I mean, sure. I guess.
1: <laughs> I, I just love that it's the first first weekend of the season in which we have the SEC. We have a whole bunch of ACC teams who haven't been able to play yet, finally getting on the field. And we're starting the Locks Pod with UTSA, Middle <laughs> Tennessee, baby—the number one team in the bottom bottom twenty-five. Chips fade them. I love the thought process, but you know UTSA is in that bottom twenty-five too, so that's something we should probably keep in mind.
0: Two and zero, baby, undefeated Roadrunners.
2: So what? What sort of he, what sort of headliner game have you got teed up first, Tom? Because I know people are coming to the Locks Pod—they're excited about all the big SEC matchups. So we might as well follow up UTSA,
1: MTSU, with whatever big timer you got teed up. All right. Well, I'm going to go right to the sec game of the week. Chip hit the music. (laughs) (laughs) We are following the trend that led us to lock infinity last week and a trend that I think should probably, it's not, it doesn't fill up my card entirely, but it is a trend that was very much a part of my thought process this week as I was preparing a card. And I got to tell you guys, I freaking love the board. I know that I was saying that this year I'm going to take it calmly. I'm not going to load up my card. I got eight games this week. And I tried to, and I did pare it down, honestly. It was more. I had to bring it down to eight. But going to LSU, Mississippi State, first game of the season for both. LSU. Tons of turnover, new coaches on both sides of the coaching staff, new players on both sides of the line. You've got a new quarterback. You've got new receivers. You don't have Jamar Chase. Your defense is practically the entire thing got drafted last year. It's all gone. So it's new faces everywhere. We don't know what to expect. No real offseason to speak of. Then on the other side of the ball, there's Mississippi State, new coach. New offense, new everything. A lot of players that probably don't really fit what Mike Leach likes to do to begin with, although he did bring in KJ Costello to play quarterback. But again, now a new quarterback with a new team, with new players around him. First game of the year and the trend we mentioned last week. The under now. There have been 21 games between teams playing for the first time this season. The under has gone 15-6. and In those 21 games, we've got a bunch more of those on the slate this week, but the one I like most of all would be this one. I'm taking Mississippi State at LSU under 57 and a half.
3: I'm on it. I'm jumping on it with you. I, I love the under bandwagon play. I I totally agree. I think you could see a team in LSU without Joe Brady. All those misses, uh, missing pieces kind of come sputtering out of the gate. Who the heck knows what Mike Leach's error rate is going to look like. My hunch tells me that KJ Costello, early on, finding his feet. You know, you might see some incompletes. You might see them struggling to find their footing as well. So I love the under as well. There are some trends. Like, I feel like LSU laying the 16 and a half is the right side. I kind of wanted to get on that as well. All five defending college football playoff champions covered their opener the next season. But guess what else hit? The under... Uh, the last five seasons in a row in those games, too. So of the trends, I like the under better than the favorite. If I was going to take a side, I would take LSU, but I'll take the under with you. I love that trend. The under <laughs>
1: trend for the defending champs. Defending
0: champs. Yeah it's, yeah, it's like fade them on ring night in basketball.
1: <laughs> defending <laughs> champion unders, new principle. New That's principle too.
0: added to the card. You getting in on the SEC on CBS Game of the Week, Barton?
2: No, I mean, I I, I tossed this one around a little bit, but I've kind of gone back and forth. I think my, my initial inclination on this game was LSU laying the points um, I I actually had had the over written down at one point uh, because I do kind of feel like I think I think Mississippi State's defense might not be that good. <laughs> Uh, and I do think LSU is still trotting out a bunch of five stars. There's still, you know, um, Steve Insminger didn't go anywhere. Like, I, I could see a scenario in which LSU scores, you know, 40 something points. Um, and, and I think that, I think, of, and you think about Mike Leach, you're know, like, air 8, air oh. But I think what scared me off of it is I could see a scenario too where they just, the, the, I'm more worried about in terms of the over. And I guess I'm more comfortable with y'all's under because it just feels like I'm just envisioning Mississippi State's offense being really out of sync yeah. early in the season. Like I could like you're thinking, like air raid, fifty points, sixty passes. I'm like thirteen points. Like I could see, like I could see thirteen points or something being scored by Mississippi State just because the timing isn't there, the comfort level isn't there. So I, ultimately, I'm staying away from this game because to me. These two teams, with all the turnover you're talking about, Tom, um, are two of the the more uh, kind of unknown teams out there. So I, I'm I'm kind of scared of it. So I'm staying away.
0: I think that the under's the right play. I'm not throwing it on there. I'm glad that it is 15 and six, Tom, because I pulled it uh, right out of you know where on CBS Sports HQ this week. I was like, teams meeting for the first time, <laughs> and the number left me, and I was like. More than 70% in 15 and six is 71. So I did not give fake news to the people on CBS sports HQ.
1: Spitting truth.
2: Yeah. Um, all right. Who's who's up?
3: So well, I'll I, take far. You go ahead, Bart. Go ahead.
2: Well, look, uh, you, you took who CBS has termed the game of the week. I might as well take the actual game of the week. <laughs> Anybody he might got any guesses? Oh Kentucky Ducky. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll let you know you guys know what the play is. Is Kentucky <laughs> plus the points. Uh, that's the play. So it's what, what what am I getting, Tom? Seven and a half? Seven and a half. Okay. So we're still above a touchdown. Um, I, I'm I'm not Look, I, I acknowledge how good Auburn could potentially be. I acknowledge that they've Bo Nix is coming back, and they've got some good running backs. And they've, they, you know, what is you know Chad Morris perhaps is going to open up this offense and and help the receivers be a little bit better. Um, defensively, playmakers. They got players like they've got dudes. I just think Auburn. I, I think Kentucky matches up pretty nicely here. I mean, for this to be, if if, if you're if Kentucky is looking for a sort of a showcase when a, you know, beat a big name early in the season, pick the team you want. I think, I think Auburn's the right pick because Auburn, you know, their, their front seven, their defense has typically been their strength. Uh, but they, they reload, they lost a lot of those guys. They've got a, you know, they've got Kentucky's offensive line, which is a, one of the best in the country and, and is, is my expectation. Um, I just think they'll be able to to slow the game down. I think they'll be able to. I think Auburn will be okay playing with their pace a little bit. We've seen Gus Malzahn early in the season consistently, year after year, being the, the like very content just getting out alive. Whether it's against Clemson, whether it's against Oregon, like he's content getting out alive. And Kentucky, this is their chance to be, like to 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 step up to the table. Sit at the big boy table, you know. Thanksgiving dinners coming around; they usually got to sit at the little side table with the kids. Here's the big table, and I, I just think they'll be prepared for this. I think Mark Stoops will have his guys motivated and ready to go. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking the points. So you're about to be
1: six and ten because we've got a lock fight.
4: Fight! 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 Fight!
1: It, it kind of hurts me a little bit to be taking this pick because I, I'm with you, Bart. I, you know, last when the Florida state job came open, I was pumping up Mark Stoops as the guy Florida state should go get. I, I love what he's done with the program. I think he's done a fantastic job. And on the other side, kind of all off season, I've been slagging Auburn a little bit because I'm not like a huge believer in Bo Nix. I'm not a big believer in Gus Malzahn. It's just this matchup first game of the year for me. I kind of think that you know Auburn has somewhat of an advantage simply because it does have you know Gus on. It does have Bo Nix, a returning starter at QB. And I think this year, in any more than in any other season, having continuity at the quarterback spot, I think, is going to be huge. Whereas Kentucky, we saw last year, continuity at the quarterback spot is not anything that exists for them. They they went through so many QBs. We ended up with Lynn in there, but, but Terry Wilson's
2: a, play, Terry Wilson is like there is continuity quarterback.
1: Terry Wilson has been a starter at quarterback for Kentucky. But he's coming off an injury. And we're looking at a situation where Auburn, I think, is just a more talented team. And we've talked – You of all people, Mr. Year of the Favorites, taking an (laughs) underdog right here. I just think that Auburn is the better team here overall. And I do have some concerns about their offensive line. I think that could be a problem for them going forward. But I I like it here. As long as this is under eight and a half or eight, I'm not scared of the hook. And plus, Auburn just traditionally has been very good as a favorite against the spread. They're 10 and 13 the last 13 times they've been favored. At home, they're nine and three in their last 12 against the spread. Meanwhile, Mark Stoops as a dog. As good as he's been and as much as he's built this team up, I was surprised to see how mediocre his Kentucky teams have performed against the spread when underdogs in conference play. They're only 20 and 24. So I think Auburn is the right play here. That's the side I'm going to be on. So, I mean, good luck to you, but you're going to be six and ten.
3: Chip, you went on this fight? Nah, nah, are you? (laughs) No, I feel like I wanted to get on Auburn. You know, we did Monday's podcast like, man, I like Auburn. I like the under though. The one thing I know for sure is like, I'm listening to Barton make the case for Terry Wilson. I'm listening to, uh, you know, Tom make the case for Bo Nix. I'm like, these are two pretty pedestrian quarterbacks that we're going to see. take. <laughs> We've got one in a new system. We have no idea what Chad Morris is going to do. You know, Lynn Bowden junior made that offense go last year, but the previous two years, they've been dead last in the sec in passing Kentucky has, um, Auburn's Auburn's last five games they've hit under five straight games in a row seven out of their last openers Auburn's been under I know it's low I think it's at 49 and a half is the best I can get (sighs) but this game has ugly and I think that's the way that Mark Stoops want this game I think he wants this to be an ugly affair so I'm going to take the under in this one
2: so to just to further my point here (laughs) I think you're I think you're right like they're both pedestrian quarterbacks um but of the two quarterbacks, which one knows he's a pedestrian quarterback? Which one does the fan base think is a pedestrian quarterback? No. Which one does the coaching staff think is a pedestrian quarterback? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like they, Kentucky—they know what Terry Wilson is. I still think people are trying to like fit Bo Nix in this box of being like some franchise guy. Maybe he emerges into that. I mean, he was just a true freshman last year. Who knows? But. I think that's a really good defense that Bo Nix is going to have to pick apart with the new offensive coordinator. And and there's a ton of con- talk about continuity. Tom Kentucky is one of these teams. They have continuity. They have structure. They have uh, they they have a, a very clear culture that's that's been consistent year over year. Um, not that Auburn doesn't have those things, but they are trying to install a new offense, and, and that's one little element uh, at play. So, um, I'm I'm good with it. I'm good with this fight. Like let, let let's roll.
0: All right, I'm going to keep that under train going. I like where you're at, especially in the SEC. Remember, as as Chip Patterson said, over 70% certified, no fake news right there. I want uh, – actually, I'll save that one. Uh, Texas A&M Vanderbilt. There's just going to be a lot of Vanderbilt plays for me this year. Uh, there's going to be a lot of Arkansas <laughs> plays for me this year. But in the Texas A&M Vandy game, I actually think I like the under here. Because I don't know how many points that Vanderbilt's going to score and – this Texas A&M offense, like especially losing Jamon Osmond, opting out, deciding he's going to get ready for the NFL draft. Some some new players that need to step up at the wide receiver position. I still am a little bit iffy. Like I don't I don't have a ton of confidence in any one player to be the the real leader in the running back room. So as Kellen Mond and this Texas A&M offense is trying to get its legs under it, of you know maybe got them ticked down just a little bit in my power ratings. Again, a lot of Vanderbilt plays for me this year, so we take. The, the first game for Texas A&M's offense. And the fact that like on top of uh, an anti Vanderbilt play, I think that Texas A&M's defense is going to be the reason why it's going to be good this year. And I think that especially up front, they are just going to uh, ruin whatever Vanderbilt tries to do offensively in the trenches with their defensive line. And so when you get these mismatches, you know, for the, for either Arkansas or Vanderbilt and sec play, sometimes I'm going to be wanting to take the favorite. Sometimes I'm just going to go with the under on the principle that we're just not going to see many points from the heavy underdog here. So I will be locking up the Texas A&M Vanderbilt under.
2: I, I, this is a this is a hard week for me because I actually went over hunting. Like I wanted to go find some overs. I can't find any overs. I'm they're all unders to me and I got a couple of plays on the totals. I don't have a play on this one, but I mean if, if anybody's got any overs that just to, to sort of just dangle out in front of me like I'm I, I'm willing to listen because this is really frustrating to have to just like totally get indoctrinated into y'all's underculture of which I, <laughs> I had no intention of
1: being part of I have one for you an over I'm not yeah I'm not locking it up but if if you're looking for one I've got one for you I would take the over in Oklahoma Kansas State What's that number 60. I think it is 16, 16 and, a and a half. Yeah, just the, this trend, it's Lincoln Riley home overs have been a very solid play. They're uh, they're only 13-8-2 overall, which doesn't seem great, but what's more important is the average number of points scored in Oklahoma home games is 71.2 under Lincoln oh. Riley. So, <laughs> something maybe maybe you want to throw that on there. I'm just giving that to you if you want it. All right. So, I'll
2: I'll go ahead and give y'all my one of my, just in, in one of my unders. One here. of your shameful um, unders. <laughs> I'm going to cover my Don't face.
3: Wait. Tom just gave you a, like I a softball to knock off the park and you just passed on it. You're not jumping on it.
2: I'm not jumping on it because you I, I'm I, sabotaging you. <laughs> <laughs> I have to stay focused here. I'm behind the chains. I got to stay on schedule. I can't, can't let y'all distract me. So I'm going to get back to my well-researched play here. Of under fifty three, unless, unless this is another number out there, under fifty three, Georgia, Arkansas. Uh, the 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 idea here is Georgia's going to win by a lot, but I, you know I was talking to um, my guy Rusty Manzel. <laughs> <laughs> and rusty was tell ta- uh, and, and we were just talking about something else. And I was like, so what's the deal with uh, Dwan Mathis. like, how good is he going to be? And he's like, you know, he's like, Oh, he's really talented. Yeah. He's like yeah, giving me the, like the, how talented, um, he is sort of line. And, and, and then sort of on the way out of the, the explanation, he was sort of like, but you know, he's a, he's first year starter. So they'll, I'm sure they'll protect him, and, you know, t- um, uh, you know, give him, give him what he, uh, play it safe or whatever he said. And I was like, this, this sounds, this sounds like something that I can eat up here. You got Georgia with a new offensive coordinator with a first year starter, who's a red shirt freshman who is talented, but they, you know, Early on, like kid gloves with them, like 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 Kirby Smart needs any excuse, yeah, yeah to, to put on <laughs> kid gloves with his offense, like he needs any excuse to just sort of reel it in and let his defense take care of things. Um, so like I, I this this to me strikes me as a an offense that will they'll have a lot of success because Arkansas just doesn't have the dudes yet, but I, I just I don't know that they're going to be um taking a lot of chances. I think they're probably going to, this is going to be game one to just make sure they get comfortable in this new system with this new quarterback. And I don't, and I think that Arkansas is not going to be able to move the ball on the best defense in college football. And so what's the, the number is, uh, is it 53? Uh, yes. I mean, I don't know, 38 to seven or something like that's big, big Zeus,
0: white James cook day. A yeah. lot of, lot of, yeah, lot of just handed just, that ball off. A little play action, comeback routes. Just, just we're we're gonna, we're gonna look. It's gonna look like, uh, like Jake Fromm's running that offense out there.
1: Yeah, I, I have an email to read from a, a listener and a student at Fernelli Tech who is thinking very <laughs> much along the same lines as you, Barton. It's it, here's the letter, Coach Fernelli. I hope for Nelly Tech had a safe and productive fall camp. I'd like to draw a particular Vegas over-under to your attention. It could deem quite profitable for the future of your program. The over-under for our beloved Dogs' first game against Arkansas opened at 53. Coach, as a current law student, this decision to play the under is grounded in prior case precedent. In 2019, led by a new offensive coordinator, the over-under for the dog season-opening road trip to another SEC bottom feeder, Vandy, was set at 565 UGA realized the Commodores could not score and took their foot off the gas. The game ended with 36 points. We believe the same circumstances of that case strongly resemble the case at issue before the cover three court. Second, (laughs) this theory was furthered by someone you may be familiar with, Mr. Josh Payne of 24-7 Sports. He said exactly the same thing about this game that I'm saying to you right now. Yes, Munkin is probably going to be an upgrade over Coley, but this is an offense that's had far less time to install. Acute. a QB who hasn't been hit in nearly two years, a new offensive line. Factor this in with the dogs returning defense. I do not anticipate the hogs scoring more than 10 points. I do not anticipate the dogs scoring more than 40. In conclusion, I do not ask for a personal shout out on the covered three locks pod. Well, you got one, but I do ask that when this lock hits, you bark into the microphone. When chip goes over the prior week to enrage Florida and Auburn fans, it's all the peace I need for them to be angered by you barking. When Georgia scored less points than predicted, you can't expect much else given their low intellect for spurting. The covered threes praises of my alma mater. Best regards, Will Dasher. So Barton Lock agreement. I am also on the under in Georgia, Arkansas. Dogs. Dogs. <laughs> Ka. what a
2: tech nerd! <laughs> <laughs> and of course, he's a
3: pre-law, right? Yes.
2: <laughs> oh, of course, gotta oh, that's be
3: outstanding. Chip, you on this? Uh, I'm not in on this. Are you? No. I,
0: was, I mean, I, I've been giving out Georgia minus 26 and a half on the same, like it when asked to pick this in the many platforms, but it is not a lock. Uh, just because you know, the, the, the confidence Georgia doesn't care necessarily about winning. 24 points versus 28 points and so i i didn't want to hand that out as as something for the card but my lean is is to go georgia i i love the georgia under play in principle but uh because it falls in line with my vandy under but my pick was georgia minus 26 and a half not a lock
3: I don't mind. I'm, I'm gonna stay away from it. Georgia was uh hit eight of their final nine games, the under hit last year. Their unders were eleven and two overall last year. That was tied with San Diego State for the highest mark in the country. Their unders were seven and one in conference play. Good luck to you guys. I think it is the right play. I don't I don't love it. All right. I can't believe you guys have left this one out there for me to jump all over. No one has touched Alabama playing a big number. Versus Eli Drinkwitz and the Missouri Tigers. I am going to jump on this one early on. And this is just the beginning of Bama's scorched earth tour. Left out of the playoffs last year. You know, angry. They've, they The Hornets nest has been kicked. And I think it all starts with a week one massive game. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any drop off in offensive production. Uh, I've been accused of hot takes before. This might be one. This is separate. I think Justin Herbert's going to have a better NFL career than Tua. That's just a separate note. But, and I think you're going to see it. I think whether it's Mac Jones or Bryce Young, I think the offense is going to put up just as good a number. I think this is the new Bama, right? This is the the, the Lane Kiffin era brought into fruition. They've continued the open, wide open mindset on offense. I think that continues. Bama's covered 11 of their 12 openers, last 12 openers. None of them versus the SEC, though. But against Missouri, I referenced this one earlier in the week when I was on with uh, Tom. 3-0 and uh, since Missouri has joined the SEC, and the average margin of victory is 30. I want to jump on this number before it gets to 30 because <laughs> it is moving in that direction. Where can I get it at now? Is it 27 and a half? 27.
1: Or is it 27, I could find you.
3: All right, I'll take it. Land 27. The other thing that I want to get on in this game as well because this has played well early in the season playing Clemson some heavy favorites and the unders as well. I'll take the under on this game as, uh also I think I think it's going to be a rough day for Missouri. I think Alabama's defense is going to be just like they've always been. Um, I think Sean Robinson is going to probably continue to play the way he played at TCU I used to be a long year, so I'm taking Bama, Land 27, and the under, what's my number, 56? 56 and a half, if you want. Perfect. I'll take that.
1: Danny, three of your four locks are under, so I am going to go back into the Apple podcast feed. And even though I've already given a five-star review, I'm going to add another five-star <laughs> review and say Danny is amazing. <laughs> <There we go. laughs> you know what's
3: kind of crazy? I have been all over the unders in college and all over the overs in the NFL. It's interesting the different dynamic that's played out in the two because I think the unders have been more successful in college, but the overs have at the NFL level. Who knows? So I, 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 I uh, no, Ooh.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm g- jumping on that Alabama under right there. And is I, we talk about Georgia having one of the best defenses in the country, but yeah. I think Alabama's defense is going to be taking great leaps forward from the, where it played as a, as a young group, as an inexperienced group, banged up, depth was tested. Uh, I've been mentioning here on the podcast, I think that we it's been since Quentin Williams that we felt like we've had a really dominant Alabama defensive lineman, somebody that can be disruptive, and I've got Christian Barmore tagged as going to be that player this year for the Tide, and you you look at Dylan Moses and the rest of that group. I don't think that Missouri gets to double digits in this game. I think that there's great pride uh, from Pete Golding's group in trying to uh, dial in and, and just snuff out opponents in, in an old-school-style fashion. So I will also be jumping on the uh, the under portion of that play right there.
2: I, I thought about this game a little bit. I mean, in passing, and I I think I overthought it. Like, I didn't... I couldn't figure out exactly what the right way on the side was. I think, Danny, your mentality is the right one. Like, just don't don't even think about it. It's like, all right, this is week one Alabama. They're going to steamroll this team, which is like a near-bottom team in the SEC East. I mean, of course, they're going to steamroll this team. So I actually really like that play. I, I'm kind of tempted to piggyback you, but I'm going to continue to stay disciplined and focus on my mechanics. Do you guys ever feel like you're always on?
0: I mean, it, it can be really hard, especially when we're here in the middle of the season, to find a moment to chill. I mean, you, you want to find a, a little bit of a time to hit the reset button and, and get yourself ready for what's next. Well, there is one beer that is literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged, literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for any moment to unwind. So when you've been uh, really sweating out all of these unders that we are just loading up the locks pod with, sometimes you, you just need to take a minute. You need to step away from the TV. You need to unwind. You need to hit the reset button. And Coors Light is perfect for those moments. And don't miss the new packaging from Coors Light. It's already hitting the shelves. The new design features clear skies that invite you to sit back, unwind, and drink it all in. And the iconic Coors Light Mountains, oh yeah, they still turn blue when your beer is as cold as the Rockies. It's the same brand new look, but same ice cold refreshment. So Coors Light is the one that we choose and we need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door. You don't even need to go find it on the shelves. You do that by going to CoorsLight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
1: Listen, I'm going to have a Coors Light for every lock that I get right this week. So Saturday <laughs> Saturday night's show might be a little sloppy. Celebrate
0: responsibly.
1: But <laughs> <laughs> next one, we're taking to... Uh, I'm going to go to a game that I'm surprised hasn't come up yet. It's one of the bigger games of the weekend. It's another under. I am taking the under 54 in Miami, Florida State. I just think that this is a situation where Miami's offense went off against Louisville last week. It ran all over him. but Louisville's defense is bad. Louisville's rush defense was particularly bad in 2019, and it doesn't seem to be any better this year. But I think that Florida State's defensive line in particular... Is the best defensive line that Miami will have seen by a lot through the first three games of the season. So I do think that that offense, although it has had explosive plays, still hasn't been super efficient against the UAB team. And there were times in Louisville, the Louisville game still were kind of disappeared. So I think going against the Seminoles defense, Miami offense that has been pretty good so far is probably going to have more struggles than we've seen at any point. I think this is going to be a lower scoring affair as rivalry games tend to be and the under. Is eight and one the last nine times these two teams have played? So that's where I'm going under 54.
0: You're not alone there uh, because we had it at 56 and a half at the beginning of the week, and this mm-hmm. thing is starting to tick down. Is there a ceiling where you would not a ceiling? Is there a floor where you would start to get uh, a little bit hesitant? 52 and a half. 52 and a half. All right. That what's it,
3: lock or not, Danny? How are we? How are we feeling, Pulse – Paul to Danny's uh, no nation <laughs> principle alone. I can't touch this game. I just I, I, there's too much emotion involved in it. I initially in the week thought 11, 11 and a half was way too big of a number for a rivalry game. There are conflicting trends all over the place in this one. Miami uh, as a touchdown or more favorite. Um, in ACC play, have been one and six. Um, or excuse me, Miami's lost five consecutive ACC games outright when favored by a touchdown, and six straight against the spread. So that's there. But Florida State has been atrocious uh, in their last six games, zero, six, and one uh, in their last seven games as a touchdown underdog. So like, there's conflicting trends all over the place. Emotionally, I'll be rooting for Florida State. I don't love their chances. I do like the under. Ah, uh, for a lot of those reasons that tom had uh, Tom had mentioned, and from just watching Florida State's offense sputter, watching it try to, you know, start and stop the inconsistency that's there, I don't trust the quarterback right now. I do feel like the like this to me is a live bet game. I want to see cause if Florida State can stay in it for the first quarter, then I might even jump all over the and especially if it's ugly. But I could also see if it gets sideways early, if they go down ton nothing, I'm concerned about the psyche of the team. Do they go in the tank? Does it just get ugly? So I'm going to avoid this game. I do like the under. And I would take Florida State. And just because of the principle of a rivalry game, I think Florida State will contend. But I just there's nothing I feel good about from a locks perspective in this one.
0: I'm going to keep it in the ACC. I I think we learned something from Miami Louisville. I think we learned that there are patches of grass that Louisville's defense will allow you to send skill players out and just go get squatters right rent to. I think that while I am not all in on Pitt as a fully well-rounded team that is on the same Upper tier, like I've got Clemson, I've got Notre Dame, and I've got Miami, and that's where I draw the line right now. I think that that then you start to take a little bit of a step down, and North Carolina, Pitt, and Louisville are probably in that next tier in the ACC. But that matchup, where the best thing that Louisville can do, which is move the ball offensively, is going up against Pitt's defense, which is one of the best in the ACC. You flip to the other side, and I think that Kenny Pickett and the wide receivers, in particular. Barton's guy, Jordan Addison, who is the most targeted wide receiver as a true freshman, gets moved around in the offense. He's Kenny Pickett's favorite target already. I think they have the same kind of success throwing the ball that Derek King did. I don't think the cards are going to be able to fix things right away. And I, I go back to the Syracuse game it was a game that Pitt dominated. Like, that 21-10 score is not representative of the way the game played out. Pitt just could not get out of its own way. Uh, Another X-Factor player here is Paris Ford, All-American candidate at safety. He's got two interceptions already on the season. When, uh, I think that when... Tutu Atwell gets moved all over the offense, but when he's in the boundary, it's going to be Paris Ford trying to keep eyes on Tutu Atwell. That is a phenomenal uh, matchup of potential future pros right there. He, uh, Paris Ford's also a big part of their uh, run defense, just with good vision and flying to the ball. So I I think that for Pitt, having that Kenny Pickett passing attack is the tiebreaker when strength on strength is Louisville's offense against Pitt's defense. It's a huge huge game for the panthers and so at three points you can get two and a half i will, i will yes let's go i I will take two and a half
1: uh lock it up lock agreement <laughs> I'm on it for a lot of the same reasons. You are chip. Just, I, I refuse after watching that Louisville defense last week, I refuse to trust that team for a while until I see some improvement on that side of the ball, because as much as I enjoy watching that offense, particularly seeing them give up 2 75 yard touchdowns on consecutive plays, I was like, all right, no, I'm done. They were just that, that they just, that that was just awful. But another fun trend here in pit games that are supposed to be close. So anytime like they're either three and a half point dogs between there and three and a half point favorites, Pat Narduzzi has gone 12, five and two against the spread at Pitt in those kind of games. So when it's a close kind of game, like we we question Narduzzi, some of his in-game decisions at times, like when to take timeouts, when to go for field goals and when to go for two whatever he's doing when it comes to games that are supposed to be closed he's doing something right because you don't get to be 12 five and two against the spread in those situations by accident so I'm with you I'm taking pit minus two and a half
2: I think you guys are on the right side of this I uh, I agree um, my play I'm, I'm playing this game um, I'm playing I'm playing the under and I feel like this is a like that's a, it's a, there's a tough one for me to pull the trigger on because you just, when you think Louisville, you think these like <clears throat> splash plays, you think big plays on both sides of the ball. Like they're giving up big plays and they're, and they're uh, generating big plays. And so I'm a little bit like scared to play this, but I think it's the right side. Um, and part of the reason I think it's the right side is the more you dig into Louisville's defense, the more you sort of realize that this this defense is not maybe as bad as they appear. Um, they they've given up some big plays, and when they give up big plays, like they're huge plays. But like in terms of uh, defensive success rate uh, against the rush, they're 16th in the country. Like they're not bad. They they against Miami, they were pretty good against the run, except for a couple of those big plays where they just got totally gassed. I think Pitt is their their. I think their offense is. Perfectly competent, but I don't I don't fear those big plays quite as much. Uh, I think on the other side, as good as Louisville is offensively, their defense or their offensive line, is 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 still spotty, and Pitt's defensive line is awesome, <clears throat> sick, yeah. yeah. So, I just think this is the right side, so I'm going under 55
0: and a half. And I saw Louisville fans do that thing where it's like. Hey, you know, the defense, if you take out these four right. plays, it was actually only this many yards per play allowed. To, to which I would say, number one, yeah. isn't the point of an up tempo offense to like move you to the speed that you do hit those explosive plays? And then number two, it wasn't as much the 75 yard touchdowns as it was giving up 14 yards on third and 11 there was a lot of really poor situational third Mm -hmm. down defense where you could have gotten off the field. And it seems like you had stuffed the run on first down. You maybe even like got to Derek King, forced him to throw it away on second down. But when you gave up that just drive uh, extending play, that's that was probably where, where my eyes uh, decided to agree that it's not just those explosive plays juicing the stats.
1: You know, if you take away all our losses, we're undefeated. I <laughs> just say. I
3: so bad want to take a fight with you guys. I just I I don't love the fact that you just made Kenny Pickett sound like he was challenging Trevor Lawrence as the best quarterback in the ACC. Kenny Pickett of 27 career touchdowns and 17 interceptions. I just I on principle alone, but I do think Pat Narduzzi Great coach. I don't trust Louisville, and I can't decide what I don't like that or that the quarterback for Louisville changed his name during the week. Like that—that's on principle <laughs> alone. That one bothers me as well. But hey, to our, to each his own. What he wants to do. We haven't closed out the SEC, have we? Because no. I have another game in there that I no. want to go back to, and I want to hit it before the line moves again, because I've seen it bouncing around. The Florida Gators traveling to Oxford to take on Lane Kiffin. In the lane, the beginning of the Lane Kiffin era uh, there for Ole Miss. Kyle Trask. Very rarely do we hear quarterback stats against the spread, especially his college. May may, may make some people feel uncomfortable, but he is seven and two and one against the spread. Um, Gator a uh, six and zero as a favorite. Dan Mullen six one and one on the road um, as a fa- or, uh, as a favorite. I'm going to take the Gators laying 13 and a half in this spot. I think the Gators are the best team in the East. I think they've got continuity. Yes, they've got pieces to replace, but the system remains the same. The quarterback remains the same. I have no idea what we're going to see from Lane Kiffin. I feel like the over is a play here. Barton, if you wanted to get on that, I'm not going to touch it but I do think the Gators are going to roll in this one. And I'm thrilled that I saw it bouncing around at 14, 14 and a half. If I can get it at 13 and a half under that two touchdown number, I'm going to jump
1: all over that. So I'm going to get it.
0: Is there a 14 and a half on the board?
1: Uh, let me see. There are 13 and a half, 13, 13. No, that's, it only goes high as 14.
0: Uh, you know what? Let's uh, do it. Fight, fight,
1: fight,
4: fight, fight. I can't believe fight. I'm taking the
1: Gators side.
2: <laughs> Wait, white. so what are you getting it at uh uh chip? You're getting it at 14, 14. or 13 and a half? 14. 14.
0: Okay. Um so I am fading the team that just got picked to win the East. I'm fade. Did you see the dispersion of first place votes from the SEC preseason media poll? Florida is everyone's favorite. They are the darling of the SEC media. They have been crowned as the heir apparent to the SEC championship game. We're going back, baby. This is it. We've got a Tim Tebow-looking quarterback with his high and tight and his thick old neck, and we've got an old assistant that was there for the glory days. Oh, I can just feel 2008. It's all around me right now. No, 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 no. I'm jumping on the other side of that Florida hype. I'm going with the explosive playmaking. It's a noon kickoff in Oxford. If that defense is, if Todd Grantham's defense does that thing where they're over aggressive, then Lane is going to hit him up for a big play. And if I need only what, like, mm, I don't know, maybe need like 21 points probably to cover this spread. I I think I can between Jerry Ely and the skill players that are still there at Ole Miss. I. I think I can get enough explosive plays to be able to uh to keep it within this number. It is gonna get dicey if uh, if Florida's offense comes out and it's just if the drive chart looks like touchdown, 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 I will admit this is going to be a lock fight loss. But first game on the road, a lot of hype, a lot of excitement. I'm I'm I guess I'm looking for tight butts on the Gator side. And uh, and and I'll I'll take uh I'll take the lane train here.
2: Um, so, Danny, I'd like to formally welcome you to the pod. Um, you know, early in the season, locks, things have been going great. One thing you might not have read in your welcome packet is there is a there's a rogue dentist running around the country, um, making significant wagers uh, to a fair level of success. And when the dentist sniffs out a line he likes on an old miss game, You don't don't typically want to be on the other side of it. And the dentist has uh, conveyed that his favorite bet of the weekend in a weekend of slates that he loves is Ole Miss and the points. So, Chip, welcome the the dentist over to your side. He says Ole Miss plus 14. He had it at 14 and a half. We're going to give it to him at 14. This one is based on strange results. Every time these two play in the last 20 years, they played five times and Ole Miss is three and two. And US last win was an upset in the swamp the weekend after Ole Miss beat Alabama in 2015. The game before that was 20, 2008. That was the famous Tebow crying game when Ole Miss somehow beat the eventual national champion Gators in the swamp. So while I fully expect Florida to win due to better personnel. I would not be surprised if this one gets weird. In fact, of those five games, only one of them has been decided with more than six points. Uh, so the dentist is, uh, is back and just, just, he, he did win. The, he gave me a pick last <laughs> week. I didn't play it. He won the pick, so I will allow him back in until he loses.
0: <laughs> I love, love having the, uh, the dentist on my side there. For, uh, he, had,
1: was,
2: he had UCF last week.
1: I, I was about to say that I was on Danny's side until I found out that <laughs> dentist mistake. Now I'm just staying the hell away from this game. Don't want nothing to do with it.
0: All right, uh, coming up on the other side, more of our Week 4 Locks next. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance.
2: Uh, well, so if, if we're trying to just kind of clear our card of SEC games, um, I, I, I can't imagine I'm the only person that sees something he likes in the Tennessee-South Carolina game. No, no, um,
3: you're definitely not.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I bet. Don't we
3: save our money line sprinkles till the end?
2: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, so maybe uh, it's not what I thought you were going to say. Oh. I am on, I'm on the vaults um i think what's the what's my best number right now tom
1: you can get it at tennessee oh where are you there you are tennessee minus three and a half
2: oh it's already up to three and a half okay Mm -hmm. i i um i will take it at tennessee minus three and a half full disclosure i personally when i play this game will probably buy the hook because i think that this is a, a game that could be decided in the margins. Could be decided by by some by some thin thin margins along the way. But I think this is one of these games where uh, I am just sort of trusting my eyes on the personnel front. I think Tennessee has a better roster than South Carolina's roster. I think Tennessee has has revamped things in a pretty substantive way over the last two seasons um, and I think this roster comes into this game in good shape you've got South Carolina with a new quarterback thrice having ACL tears along the way a new offensive coordinator Mike Bobo who is being billed by me included as the best offensive coordinator Will Muschamp has had but let's like not forget the last time Mike Bobo was coordinating offenses in the SEC there was there was weekly calls from Georgia fans to get his ass out of town. Like they were very like, you know, it wasn't exactly some sort of all hail Mike Bobo situation. So the the idea that somehow he's going to come in and they're going to be like, you know, Cliff Kingsbury all of a sudden is, is not quite resonating with me. So I think Tennessee with better players uh, I think their offensive line is really good. I think they've got two really good running backs their receivers, I don't love, but they got some young guys I think they can uh, pop in to provide some speed and, and vertical threat. Uh, defensively, I think this team is very improved. And I just don't know how South Carolina, like South Carolina doesn't have a, a running back they can really trust. They don't have a wide receiver they can really trust. They don't have a quarterback. I mean, they have a quarterback I guess they like, but I, I, how much can we really trust them? So. I just think Tennessee is is the better team. Um, they need to win this game because if they don't, that that doesn't speak highly of their uh, their their resurgence in the in the conference.
3: So I don't even know what sound effect you have, Chip, for a lock fight and a money line <laughs> sprinkle. But like, there's got to be something in there, something in your bag of tricks. So, so this I, is a lock fight. You're going to lock. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so oh, you're going to yeah. so you can save. We, we we get where you're
0: going on the sprinkle. We'll, we'll save the sprinkle for later. <laughs> but let's make sure that we get the uh, the fight. fight in
3: there.
2: There we go. Yeah. So we
3: got the fight. I so this is a for me this is one of those something is up with this game because everything Barton that you said makes a lot of sense, right? And when I initially looked at this line, I thought Tennessee would have been a six-point favorite. That's what I probably would have pegged the line at. The fact that it wasn't just kind of gets those antennas up a little bit. So then I start looking at it. So let me just tell you what happens when you Google Jared Quartano. The first three articles <laughs> that come up are why Jared Quartano is Tennessee's starting uh, QB. How much leeway will Jared Quartano get this season? QB Quartano opens as undisputed starter for number 16 volts. That's the best one that you can find out there. But there's a question marks abound around the quarterback. Again, not certain. Something tells me that if Colin Hill did uh, win the job over Ryan Halinski, who showed a lot of promise, very up and down, but natural raw ability, that there is a comfort level there with Mike Bobo's system. Reminder: Tennessee lost their two best offensive weapons at wide receiver. I don't know how that's going to work. Will Muschamp is a defensive-minded coach. I think he'll be able to. I think he'll be able to make this game ugly, kind of like we were talking about Kentucky versus Auburn. I think this game might be an uglier affair. You get a lot of wisdom with three ACLs that come your way. That brings a lot of maturity, decision making skills honed in. There's just something about this game that feels like it's off. I'm going to take the game, Cox, here on the other side. So, I've it, got to play
1: on this game, but it's on the total. Under. <clears throat> and yeah. And, and it's a lot of. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of what Danny and Barton said kind of make the point for me. It's like, I don't know about this quarterback. I don't know about this quarterback. I don't know about Mike Bobo. Because let's keep in mind, Mike Bobo said, I think, about two or three weeks ago that, I can't remember the exact quote, but it was something to the effect of, Hurry up. Offenses are ruining football and he hates them and he wants <laughs> to slow things down. That is music to my ears. <laughs> I hope South Carolina runs 25 plays all day, averages four and a half yards per play while doing it. I'm taking the under here. Uh, what's, let's see, what's the best I can get it. Can we X? get it it's at
0: 43. I know it's 42 and a half.
1: Uh, you can get it at 44, oh, actually, let's at go. William Hill.
0: Okay. Shout out to uh, our partners at William Hill. I This is uh, first game principle. This is old, old ball coach rock fight principles. You know, like any time you get any, any <laughs> of these old SEC just like lifers against each other, they don't want to see 30 on the board. Like they, they don't – they, they yeah. are repulsed by anything that moves too fast or scores too much. I – all week I've been saying I had twenty one twenty in my head and then I saw twenty-one twenty was dangerously close <laughs> to where it was set. So I'm clearly not the only one here. But man, what's a like like what's an SEC Saturday if you're not sweating a low forties SEC East <laughs> under? So give it to me. I'm taking the I under. could just
2: <laughs> I'm just laughing at the idea of Will Muschamp and Jeremy Pruitt meeting at the middle of the field before the game and <laughs> Pruitt say, hey, 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 must. How you doing, man? Must <laughs> Chancellor, Hey, JP, what's going on? <laughs> hey, we're going to keep this one under 20 today, right? we good there, right? Like, We don't want to do any of that crazy ball fence stuff, right? <laughs> just like shake hands and walk away. Yeah.
0: I mean, like, especially, yeah, this is just going to be uh, it reminiscent of, I mean, I'm seeing punts from the uh, the opposing 40 yard line, you know, because because what's more important than field position, right? A lot of field position decisions being made in this game. So
2: yeah, I, the, my my concern with my play of Tennessee minus three is like I could see this being like Tennessee wins 2018 or like <laughs> yes. you know like just a weird one or two point win. Um, so I, that that that's that is a little bit of a sweat for me there.
1: 2018. So have we touched every SEC game then? We've got a piece of every single one of them, I think, don't we? Uh, here to serve, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's we've been waiting for so long.
1: <laughs> we've been waiting. We need it. We've uh, got a piece of every single one, all seven.
0: I'll take us to the uh, group of five game of the week.
1: Take us. Go start. for it.
0: <laughs> so, I, I, I'm making a very risky decision here because. I'm trusting army's defense. I am thinking that Desmond Ritter and Cincinnati did not look like so far Cincinnati in its very, very limited sample size. like wasn't awesome. Like they got uh, some good field position and they were able to, uh, you know, they've, they've got a a successor to Michael Warren and, and they feel like they feel good about feeding the running back in the same way that they did a year ago. But on a down-to-down basis, not not all that impressive. Again, like because Army has its uh, its sample size, where it's you know, scored more than seventy, only given up a single touchdown. You look at the opponents, and you're like, yikes! You know, or, or should we take anything away from that? But I think that that Army defense can play well enough. And then, of course, uh, Cincinnati's defense, we believe under Luke Fickle, to be very, very strong. I think that this is a game that uh, that ends up going under. I think it's a game where Cincinnati is very methodical. We know Army to be very methodical. And so I will be taking the Army Cincinnati under. Again, this is really trusting Army's defense and not believing in this narrative that Desmond Ritter is taking all these big steps forward at the quarterback position. But give me the Black Knights. Give me the under.
1: So I can get you 45 and a half.
0: Beautiful. On the other side of a key number. Let's go.
1: I'm also on this game, but I'm not on the total. I'm taking. I'm sticking to you know a, a general principle of taking option teams as underdogs, particularly when they're two touchdown underdogs. Like I can get Army at 14 points. I'm going to take it, and it's for a lot of the same reasons you like the under. Uh, I, I think I don't think Cincinnati looked terrific in this game, even you know against Austin P. I just thought that there was a lot of kind of hesitation there, but again, it was also the opening game and maybe they weren't really taking it too seriously. So I don't know how much stock to put in it, which is kind of why I'm scared of the under, but I do know that under Jeff Munkin, anytime army has been an underdog of three and a half points or more, it is 18, nine and one against the spread. So that's the direction I'm going. I'm taking army plus 14. Seems right.
2: Um, all right, you'll know, go back to the uh, to the old Big Twelve. Ooh, let's do, do it. it. I like where you're Love headed. It. I got a couple. I got a couple Big Twelve treats. Um, the first one is West Virginia, Oklahoma State. My my Cowboys, my <laughs> Pokes. Uh, they are um, coming off of the underwhelming performance. But Spencer Sanders, while he, I believe, practiced some this week, maybe in, in limited fashion, um, I'm not totally convinced he's going to play. Um, I think, you know, they they got a couple offensive linemen banged up last week uh, late in the game of an offensive line that, that was already wasn't that good against Tulsa. Uh, West Virginia, I mean, they, they beat them last year. I mean, this isn't a team that can't upend them. Uh I think that this game's played in like the low twenties. I think that this is a game that's, you know, Oklahoma State still has a lot to iron out, and I think West Virginia is like you're going to give me a touchdown plus. I feel like that's some pretty good value on a game that's just going to be close. Um, I'm not saying West Virginia wins, though they might. Uh, I, I just I think there was enough holes in that game last week to tell me that West Virginia is going to, uh, going to cover the numbers. So give me West Virginia plus seven and a half.
0: Neil Brown, apologist Barton Simmons has entered the chat and
3: fight. Fight. <laughs> Danny, what happened? I, what happened to the
2: Iceman Maverick coalition?
3: I, I, it's done. This is the, this is that's it's over. It's done with this one. I, Actually, like Oklahoma State here a lot. I'm seeing the number down to six and a half on yep. my side. Yep. Which I'd love that I can get it there. I think this is a massive overreaction. I had a bunch of West Virginia uh fans calling this week to the radio show. They were fired up over a 56 to a 10 to win over eastern Kentucky. Like I'm like, you guys know what happened to them versus Marshall, right? <laughs> they actually looked better. Um I'm I kind of feel like we forget that nobody like that was Oklahoma State's first game. Like that's their kind of warm up game. They sputtered. It was ugly. It didn't infuse a lot of confidence. I feel like you're jumping off the Oak State. You're jumping off that bandwagon too soon. I think after this week, and I love what Neil Brown is doing at West Virginia. I think they're heading the right direction. The Matt Daigie, uh, you know, project looks like it's going pretty good. Had a good game, but I think Oklahoma State's defense. I think like, that was the story of the win against Tulsa. They looked fine. I feel like the offensive line will get some of their issues going. I feel like you'll see a healthy dose of Chuba Hubbard this week. I feel like Oklahoma State will have a better game plan. They will win by a touchdown or more.
2: So I'm here, a six and a half. Here's another thing that jumped out to me. So this is this was the, this was the first thing. This sort of got this game on my radar. And this is not a um, this is not a way. This is not how you should pick games. But it was something that just sort of alerted me to just all right let's look at this game see if i like it uh the the 24 7 sports team talent composite it's has some holes in it right now because teams aren't updating their rosters completely and so it's not a complete product to this point but there 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 is some um some some truth to it uh you know if you look at it and right now west virginia's roster is 46th in the country and texas uh, i'm sorry and um uh, Oklahoma state's roster is 42nd. So like, yes, I know, I know how good Chuba Hubbard is, but he's sort of negated by how good that offensive, how bad that offensive line is. And that offensive line has now lost potentially like the, like what's the numbers at like Uh, five starters basically from, from between last year and this year. Uh, I think, and, and Jared Daigie going to be probably the best quarterback on the field. If Spencer Sanders play now, certainly Spencer Sanders could play and that could change everything, but, I just think, again, I, I'm not saying Oklahoma State is going to lose, but this is. I think there's going to be a low-scoring, close game.
0: I I'm not going to lock it up, but Oklahoma State unders is still a principal. And if it turns into a spray the board Saturday, I might, <laughs> I might, I might be uh, be looking at that one. So I uh, I like it, what you're saying about low scoring. I'm not going to be locking it up, but. Uh, Oklahoma state unders certainly something I, that I'm circling there.
1: I will say it, it is the temperatures are supposed to be in the nineties for this game, but so it can, it cannot qualify for a wonder, but 15 to 17 mile per hour winds blowing through Boone Pickens stadium on Saturday. So a lot of hot air blowing through on Saturday.
0: Those two passing attacks trying to throw through 15 to 17 mile hour winds. <laughs> Come on now. Come on. Uh, all right, I've got, um, I'm going to keep it in the Big 12. I'm not going to overthink it. Like, Alan Bowman put up some big stats against the Houston Baptist Church, you know? Alan Bowman <laughs> and that whole offense, they were, they, had it, they had it cooking, you know? But Houston Baptist also, you know, they, they, they rolled right through Texas Tech's defense. <laughs> Texas Tech's defense might, might be real bad. And as I'm looking at this uh, this Big 12 landscape where Texas kind of, uh, you know, might might be there. They might be sniffing around. They might be sniffing around that B word. I, I kind of think that 18 points is too short of a line. Uh, even with the game in Lubbock, I just – I think that Texas is going to go into this game and they are going to win very handily uh, – They're going to win this game by 21 to 24 points, maybe even more. I'm going to need Texas's defense to uh, be able to do some bend but don't break because I do think that the Raiders are going to be able to get some yards. But it's it's almost like in the year of the favorites, in the idea of the teams that are really good are going to be able to just handle things, uh, I think that Texas is without a doubt the better team. So give me Texas is 18. The best number I get. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I'm scared of this game. I'm with you because like, I think Houston Baptist had around 600 yards of offense against Texas tech, which is just ridiculous. But I remember, you know, Texas tech's defense dunk last year. And I remember I was on Texas in that game last year and they made a game of it and I lost. So I'm, I'm a little hesitant to jump back on, but I think you're on the right side. I think fading Texas tech in 2020 could be a very strong play.
3: Anything on the uh, the total there, Tom? It's up to 70 and a half. I don't know. This game to me, Texas, so with Tom Herman, they're 0-4 against the spread as a two-touchdown favorite in Big 12 play since 2017. Like, it's not a spot that he excels in, but I still feel like Chip's on the right. Like, I think, you know, uh, Sam Ellinger had career highs last week and yardage and touchdowns. He had five touchdown passes. Like, I feel like Texas is focused, feel like on the mission. I would be on the same side as you, Chip, but I just don't. I don't love it. And I kind of want to take the under since it's getting up there so high. But Texas Tech overs were seven and one and one last in conference play last season. So it's just like I don't like I want to be I want to see affirmation in some of my thoughts. And I'm not finding them. So I'm just avoiding this one.
1: I got one play left on the card. Okay. And it is a play I've been talking about all week. And it is still sitting there. And it is NC State plus seven against Virginia Tech. I here we remind you again earlier this week, Justin Fuente said that they're going to be without a lot of players and he just hopes they can play the game. (laughs) That does not instill a lot of confidence in me in the Hokies heading into this game. And as we record, the game is still scheduled to take place and fingers crossed that it does because man, I want to get NC state and the seven points against the team playing its first game of the year. Who's not even sure it's going to have enough players to play. Lock it up.
2: Anybody else want to get in on it? I'm, I mean, I'm tempted to just jump on <laughs> because the I like I like I liked the idea of NC State plus the points anyways maybe I'm just getting a little bit too um, drunk off of their week one showing against uh, wake of all teams um, I'm, I'll probably stay away but I'm very I am tempted to jump on there with it the, ol-
3: the only reason I'm not jumping on it is I just know coaches the way they sandbag. Like, yeah. I wonder if they're like getting back to full speed and just in <laughs> just like, Oh, I don't know how we're going to field a team. Then they're <laughs> going to go out there and they have like full participation. That's the only thing that makes me nervous.
0: Virginia tech social media account was tweeting as of this morning, practice photos with like hashtag dialed in hashtag lunchbox mentality, hashtag whatever else they've, uh, they've got going right now. So it, it, Here in Raleigh, is the game going to be played is very much on in terms of the watch. And right now, signs are pointing to that for for, for your play, Tom.
2: Could be kind of the under, you know, um, the shorthanded team, you know, renewed focus uh, forces everybody to up their game kind of deal. And maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's one to stay away from. I'm staying away. Um, I got another. I got another, AC, I got another ACC game though. Okay. Um, and I have another Big Twelve game. I have two more games on my slate. Uh, so Duke, Virginia. Duke is. Let's see. Virginia is a five-point favorite, right? Is that where we're at at this point?
1: Mm, yes. Let's so
2: I, I actually was. I was really wanted to play duke this week i wanted because i felt like last week's game was that's a, it was a little bit fluky they gave up some big plays downfield they gave up like they had some crazy turnover situation red zone came up short like that game could have been very different than how it turned out against bc um i mean when you when you lose a turnover battle five to nothing of course things are, are, are not going to look pretty on the scoreboard um so i came into this week sort of expecting to like duke but they lose both their cornerbacks to to injury um include mark gilbert who's who's really good uh they they're playing a virginia team that in in this in this theory that i have which i guess is not even really proven at this point but the spring my spring practice is theory the what the spring practice theory no, not the spring practice theory. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've already gotten point rid of that though. one. <laughs> that one's done. I tried that for one week and it didn't work. My theory is, the, my, my theory about like the culture. Like, all right, teams with strong culture, team with experience, team with continuity. Virginia, at this point, like we're, we're a long way away from Bronco Mendenhall being like, we got 35 guys that can play ACC football or whatever it was that he, he said uh, a few years back. Now they've got a roster that's fully indoctrinated into the the Bronco Hall culture, their experience. They've got a quarterback in Brennan Armstrong that beat out Keaton Thompson for the starting job. Uh, only relevant because I think Keaton Thompson is at least a a, a serviceable option, and he, he out-competed him. He won the job. So I, I have some confidence in the quarterback position. And just in looking at their depth chart, uh, Virginia has... There's only three starters on their entire depth chart that are not juniors or seniors. It's the quarterback. It's a defensive linebacker and his defensive lineman, Juwan Briggs, who was like a elite four-star prospect when he arrived and played last year. Uh, They've got eight senior starters on defense. I just think Virginia is better than people are giving them credit for coming into this season. I think they come into this game more prepared than people are ready to acknowledge. And I think that, uh, five points is not quite enough. And, and I, again, I'm a little bit nervous because I think Duke is, is, is one of these teams right now early in the season. That's given us some mixed signals and Duke might come to play, but I'm just going to take a Virginia team that I think is better.
0: Yeah. I'm staying away from this game because Duke is terrifying in terms of trying to figure that team out. It might be time to bail or they could bounce right back. If you're, I think I had to pick this game for a, a CBS sports article and I took the under, but that's just, uh, you know, replacing Bryce Perkins, uh, Duke, Duke's red zone offense has been horrible through two games. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm definitely keeping my distance from it.
1: You're muted. Yeah. I, I found you a four and a half, a third time. Take sharp. I was kind of <laughs> hoping there could be a number out there a little lower. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. So I think that should, I like it. I was, I'm somewhat of a spoiler alert. I was considering Duke also as my money line sprinkle this week originally too, but then seeing the same things you saw with the injuries they had on defense. I, I backed off of that one.
3: I think I'm tapped out.
1: Danny, you got anything?
3: I got one more. And I'm looking at my well, my slate here getting pretty full, but I've like had hey, probably going to get canceled anyway. At least one or two of them, so might as well play a couple <laughs> extra just in case. Because I was bummed last week that Houston, ah, uh, Houston Baylor game got canceled. Uh, Kansas State plays Oklahoma, Oklahoma, and I think the initial reaction is Kansas State shocked the world last year, beat Oklahoma. Oklahoma's going to run them, right? Oklahoma's going to have their revenge game. Uh, Oklahoma, when they're favored by four touchdowns under Lincoln Riley, they're one and five against the spread. Um, I feel like it, and Kansas State was not impressive versus Arkansas State. It was a fun game. They did show the ability to put up points. This one, to me, I think has Oklahoma 24-point win all over it. Um I feel like this is just, I just have a feel about this game. Some of the trends that are coming in, there's a lot of money coming in on Oklahoma. I think it's the wrong side. The other thing that I do want to take is the under in this game. So both, I'm taking Kansas State, getting 28, and I'm going to take the under 61, I think is the best number. You got that, Tom? You see that? Yes. Both teams last year's um, Kansas State was nine four and one on the unders. Oklahoma was eight five and one on the unders. Combined, that's seventeen nine and two. I'm going to take the unders, uh, the under as well in this game.
1: A lot of oh. unders from me this week. Barton, now you can get a lock fight with that Oklahoma. I under. know. Don't, don't yeah. think I didn't
2: recognize that. Danny trying to bait me into a lock fight earlier <laughs> in the show, <laughs> just coming out ornery on week three. <laughs> I, I I'm not playing this one. I got okay. to do one more Big Twelve play. Okay, let's go. Uh, I'm I'm going to Kansas Baylor. I know I said I was going to run to the window to take Kansas over the win total this year, but this is not where the winds start <laughs> kicking <laughs> for Kansas. Uh, the number is 17 and a half. 17. If you 17, want it. good. Give it to me at 17. I think Baylor is going to. Absolutely roll these guys. Uh, I think that there's just like the 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 way Kansas has to mature and the places that they need to mature, I don't think match up well for this Baylor team. Um, I think that their their offense is gonna be their offense is experienced. They got plenty of guys coming back on offense. They should be good there. Larry Fedora is gonna wanna flex his muscles a little bit in that second half. They're gonna run the score up a little bit. Um and, and I think that the defense is 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 Perfectly capable of handling Kansas. I just think the number's too small. I just, I don't. I just think the number's too small. So I'm taking, I'm taking Baylor.
0: All right, all the locks are out. All this left are money line sprinkles. Yep. All right. Just as you know, we conclude every single locks episode with our money line sprinkles results so far. Uh, Tom's Miami money line sprinkle plus one twenty five one Barton. Uh, Houston plus one seventy did not get played. Uh, the, my Georgia Tech plus two forty was a loss. Danny's Miami money line sprinkle was a win. Uh, Tom, what is your money line sprinkle?
1: Do we perhaps have the Dino drop ready? <gasps> yes, we do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, let's
2: go. Close your eyes. Visualize this. You're in the Carrier Dome. The house is filled. The feeling is electric. The noise is deafening. You have a defense that is relentless. You have a special teams that has been well coached. Well coached. You have an offense that will not huddle. And you have a game That's faster than you've ever
1: seen on turf. Open your eyes. That's gonna be a reality. That's gonna be Syracuse football. The Cues is back in the dome this weekend, boys. Cues <laughs> has played a Georgia Tech team that, you know, it beat Florida State in the season opener, but it got run last week by UCF. It is a team that is still developing and still getting to where Jeff Collins wants it to go. Dino's team is in need of a win. Dino's team is at home. It's going to be electric. Give me Syracuse plus 270.
2: Carrier don't doesn't even need a crowd to be yeah. electric.
3: So. <laughs> uh, all right, Danny. You know mine from earlier in the show. I love a home dog. I love Will Muschamp. The defense going to muddy this thing up. It's going to be ugly. How many times, and I hate to do this. I don't like to do this to Tennessee fans, but how many times if we come in with a lot of hype, a lot of expectations surrounding the Vols, and then they fall flat on their face. Last year, we saw them lose that home opener against Georgia State. I think you're going to see a similar thing. I'm going to take South Carolina. What's my number? I haven't seen the... uh, You can get 150. All right, plus 150. I'm
2: on it.
0: All right, Barton. All right. Let let me give him the Uh, cash register.
2: Okay. Go big or go home, boys. You know, all these, you know, 150, uh, (laughs) 125, 120. How about plus 900? (laughs) Yeah, I like the way you're thinking. Houston Baptist (laughs) playing Louisiana Tech. This is the Super Bowl for Houston Baptist. This is the final game of the season. This is all they've worked for all year. They've already played two games this year. They only have one more on the slate. And then they're locking it down, and they're trying to maybe get ready for a spring season with the rest of the FCS. This is a team that probably should have beat Texas Tech last weekend. I, I fully acknowledge this is the same team that gave up 721 yards to North Texas the week before. But look, this is a, this is a, a, a year in which a team that is capable of rolling up 600 yards on the Big 12 is also capable of of rolling up a pretty good chunk of, of yards on Louisiana Tech. And so given the the you know, who knows who's out for Louisiana Tech. Who knows like what happens like like like, I, like there's too many variables in a year for a team like Houston Baptist that can very clearly move the football to get a, a 900 plus 900 money line. So I don't know if you can get me a bigger number somewhere Tom Fourteen
1: hundred. I yeah, get you okay. fourteen hundred.
2: Fourteen hundred. I want fourteen hundred plus fourteen hundred. Give me Houston Baptist. Uh, they they close the season in style. Finish what they started against
1: Texas Tech. I, That's got to be the biggest money line sprinkle in, in cover three history, right there. What if it hits? You could just take the rest of the season off. It's yeah, just, just go keep on playing.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm going. I. I was looking at a, a couple of different spots. I was really looking like at a narrow. You know, I, we've got TCU opening up as a, I guess, a two point underdog with Iowa State in town, so you got a little bit of plus value there. But then I, I got some some late information. In fact, live on the air, you all heard this information too. It was finding out that the dentist was on my side, and when the dentist broke out all of that series history and all of the times that Florida and Ole Miss has just turned out weird, and just and to think back to those Tebow tears. I was just like, you know what? I think my money line sprinkle has changed here at the 11th hour. We're going to go Ole Miss plus 480 because we are going to take some chances out here. So in addition to my lock fight and my lock agreement with the dentist, we're going to pile on. We are just way too committed to this noon SEC opener on the lane train Give me the Rebs, money line, um, sprinkle.
2: What if that happens? The <laughs> lane height, the <hype. Delane>, lane, lane, <laughs> lane to be looking for a new job by week two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's,
0: uh, let's review everyone's card quickly. Uh, Tom, Mississippi State LSU under Auburn minus seven and a half against Kentucky. You, Georgia-Arkansas under 53, Miami-Florida State under 54, Pitt minus 2.5 against Louisville, Uh, Army plus 14 at Cincinnati, the South Carolina-Tennessee under 44, NC State plus 7 at Virginia Tech. Barton. The Pitt Louisville under fifty-five and a half. Kentucky plus seven and a half at Auburn. Georgia, Arkansas under fifty-three, West Virginia plus seven and a half at Oklahoma State. Tennessee minus three and a half at South Carolina. Virginia minus four and a half against Duke. Baylor minus seventeen against Kansas. Two lock fights between Maverick and Iceman. This the relationship is ruined here in this week. Uh, my card, I've taken UTSA minus six and a half against the 130th best team in the FBS, Middle Tennessee on the mothership. Uh, Bama, Missouri, under 56 and a half. Cincinnati Army, under 45 and a half. Texas A&M Vanderbilt, under 46 and a half. The Pitt, minus two and a half against Louisville. Mississippi, plus 14 against Florida. South Carolina in Tennessee, under 44. And Texas, minus 18 at Texas Tech. Danny, loading it up. Thickest card of the week. Mississippi State LSU under. The Bama Missouri under. Bama minus the 27 against Missouri. Oklahoma State minus six and a half against West Virginia. South Carolina plus three and a half against Tennessee. Florida minus 13 and a half at Mississippi. Auburn Kentucky under 49 and a half. Kansas State plus 28 at Oklahoma. And the under 61 in Oklahoma Kansas State. Love it. Big, beefy show. Big
1: card.
3: Big, big, beefy. Well, I'm set up big for the fall. It's like that team that comes in feeling good about themselves and just totally overlooks the opponent. Oh, boy, I'm nervous now. It's like
0: the Florida Gators. It's exactly what you got right there. All right. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fornell. You can follow him at Danny Cannell. You can follow him at Barton Simmons. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much.
2: Thank you.